Well, good morning, Peace Church. Welcome to those of you here, here joining us here in the Worship Center, and a big welcome to those of you who are joining us in one of our other venues and online on this Labor Day weekend. What a joy it is to gather in God's house. We're so glad you're here. My name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here. I get the joy of leading our generational discipleship um, ministry. It's our, AKA our family ministry, all ages from, from kids to students to adults. And um, I have just a special message that God's given me. And we're going to be looking this morning at one of the incredible texts in the Word of God, Deuteronomy 6 and, and family discipleship. Well, earlier this summer, we had some pretty big storms. And um, one of the storms around my house took out a tree. And uh, um, I have a little cross section of that tree. And uh, uh, I don't know about you, but I remember as a kid growing up learning the truth that when you look at a tree, you can count the rings, right? You learn as a kid early on, and I love that, where you can count the rings. And still to this day, when I see a tree, when I see a trunk, I want to see how old is that tree? And so this is one of the trees that kind of went down and fell down through the wind, and, and I counted them up. I think I had like 18, so it was about 18 years old. But but as you know, when you remember growing up learning these, that science lesson, you could see from that tree how big those rings are, and you can see the years that it had growth, maybe the years that it had drought, if it was getting the nutrients it needed, if it was getting its sun that it needed. That tree, you could see its progression of its life, how it was growing. I think the same is true when it comes to our children and their spiritual growth in their lives. Uh, our children, when they're born, they're like maybe a little sapling, a tree that's just starting out. But we as parents have the responsibility to nurture them and to bring them up in the faith. And when we give them the nutrients that they need, the word of God, prayer, the gospel, teaching them about Christ year after year, day after day, when we do that faithfully, they grow up and they maybe have rings of great growth and they grow stronger and stronger. But here's the thing, when we don't do those things well, when, I mean, just imagine a tree, if you gave a tree light just one day a week, would that tree survive well? Of course not. And the same is true for us and our kids. If we just think that raising them in the Lord is just bringing them to church on Sunday, that that's going to be enough. It won't be. It isn't. And so what we're going to learn this morning in this passage that God's Word teaches us, that the formation of our children is, is beyond just one, one day a week, but it's every day, every moment we need to be raising our kids and nurturing them bringing up in the discipline and admonition of the Lord. So here's the thing. In God's good providence, he's provided parents, he's provided a church family to bring the kindling of his word around the hearts of our children. And our prayer and our goal as, 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 as a church and as parents is that, is that we would bring the word of God into the hearts of our kids, that one day the Holy Spirit would ignite that and, and give the gift of faith and spark a fire in their life and the passion for God. And so this morning... My desire is to encourage us, to encourage us as parents, to encourage us as members of the church. And here's the thing. You may be thinking, oh, no, I'm a grandparent. This message isn't for me, or I don't have kids yet. This message is for all of us, all adults, whether you be a parent now, whether you're going to be a parent in the future, or a grandparent, or a church member. All of us need to be challenged this morning by God's word and be encouraged to discipline and nurture our kids to grow, to love Jesus with all of their heart. So if you have a Bible, if you turn with me to Deuteronomy 6, um, we're going to be in this incredible passage, and I can't, I can't overstate the importance of this amazing passage, the significance of this passage for the people of God. In this passage this morning, we're going to see that God's going to speak through the, Moses, and he's going to provide 
the priorities for what the people in that day needed to hear. And I think they're the same priorities for us as God's church, the same priorities for what we need to be. And so a brief background of this passage before we read it together this morning is that Moses, he just spent 40 years wandering in the desert. As you remember, the previous generation uh, disobeyed God uh, and, and God punished them and said, you know what, you're not, you're not going to enter in the promised land. And so Moses now is on the cusp of the promised land here in this book of Deuteronomy. And he's giving the final words of instruction. He himself will not go into the promised land. Uh, he's going to pass away before that. So he's, these are kind of his last words. And he's saying, remember these things. Do these things to be faithful to God's covenant. And so this passage is often called the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear or to listen. And in the history of, of this passage, the Jewish people uh, recite this passage still today. And for thousands of years, the Jewish people recited this passage morning and night. And some people believe this is the most prayed prayer, most recited passage in the history of all prayers and passages in the Bible. And so this morning, as we're going to examine it this morning, we're going to see that there's two very clear priorities, two clear and simple purposes for us as a church, for us as parents, for, for, for the followers of God. And those simple priorities are this. Number one, in this passage, we're going to see God calls us to love him with all of our heart, to love God with everything. It's going to be clear that that is God's call, and that's what God's teaching us here. And the second clear thing that God's going to teach us that we're going to see this morning is that we're to teach our children to love God, to teach them to love God with everything, with all of their heart. And so if we can cut through everything else today in our world, everything else going on, these true, these true truths are, are really the purposes of, of what we're called to as a church Right? Nothing else rises to the importance of these two things. We're called to, to love God and, and to love him with all of our heart, to know that he is supremely valuable, supremely purposeful, and that, that we give him our everything. And then as we love God, the next thing that we're supposed to do is to teach others, to teach our children specifically to love God. Teach our children that God is more valuable than than any YouTuber. Teach your children that God is infinitely more important than any TikToker or all the things that they're attracted to nowadays, all the social media celebrities. That God is way beyond all those things. That's our mission. This is our purpose as a church and as parents. And so I want to turn now to Deuteronomy 6 and to read um, this passage with us this morning and to dig into these truths. So if you can turn with me to Deuteronomy 6, we're going to read verses 1 through 9 together as a church family. Hear the words of the Lord. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all of his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Now we get to this amazing passage called the Sama, and listen to this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently. 
to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as signs on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on on your gates. Will you pray with me now? Lord God, we thank you for your holy word, Lord, to come to a passage like this morning, a passage that's been recited and prayed and studied and meditated on for thousands upon thousands of years and has brought truth to the lives of your people and taught them what it means to follow you, to love you, to teach our children to love you. And so, Lord, I pray as we open this passage this morning that you would help us as a church family to learn how we can better pass on our faith to pass on the truth of your word to the next generation. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. So as we saw and as we see, let's look at uh, that first priority this morning. And that first priority starts with us as a covenant people, starts with us as parents. And that first priority, as we saw, is to love the Lord your God with all of our heart. Let me read those verses again, these first two verses. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So in preparing the people to enter the promised land, Moses issues this clear command here. It's a clear call to to us, the covenant people of God today, is that we're called to love God with all of our heart, to love God with all of our soul, to love him with all of our strength, or to summarize, to love him with everything. And so let's consider that context again. As we saw, Moses is giving the final instructions to the people. They just wandered in the desert for 40 years, and now they're preparing to finally enter the land that God promised them. And God's speaking now through Moses, and he wants to remind them, first, you need to love me. You need to love me more than anything else in your world. You need to be reminded that I saved you, and that is what is most important. I want your heart. I want your worship. I want your everything. And so in these verses, what we see is God is demanding a wholehearted, life-encompassing allegiance and devotion to him that starts with us as parents, as as God's people. And so if you notice in this slide, God says it's about your heart. It's about our heart this morning. We need to start with our heart before we need to go and learn what we need to teach our children. So when we love God this way, what does that mean? That means that God wants all of our affections that means that God, all of our hearts, all of, the, all of the thoughts of our mind, all of our desires, all of them need to be centered and focused on one thing, is loving God. That's the, the most important thing that, that Moses is wanting to get across. That's, that's what the Shema starts with, is that we, as God's people, start with our love for God. And so Jesus affirmed this himself. In Matthew 22, um, when Jesus was here on earth, he, he, a teacher came to him and he said, Teacher, What is the greatest commandment? What's the most important thing that I need to learn and do as a follower of you? And Jesus said this, and as you remember, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so this morning, as we're going to consider in a moment how to disciple our kids and our families to know God this morning, I want to ask you a question. Why do you think God begins with this command to parents? Why not just focus on the commandments to, of how to teach our children, as we're going to see he will in a moment, but why, why does he need to remind us to love him first before he teaches us how to, how to love or tell, teach our children how to love him? Because here's the thing. I think because God knows 
that ultimately you can't share what you don't have. If we don't have an all-encompassing love and devotion for God in our heart first, our children, you know that, they're gonna, they would seal it a mile away. Our children are just have the spiritual gift of spotting hypocrisy, don't they? Um, or to put it another way, if, our, if we're not breathing in the gospel ourselves, if we're not growing in our faith by the word of God, we'll have nothing to give our children. So I think that's why God starts with this commandment and why we need to start with this ourselves this morning is to look at our own hearts. So let me illustrate that this with um, an illustration. Um, every time you fly before taking off, right, the flight attendant gives you this set of instructions uh, in a case of emergency. And so they say something like, should the cabins lose pressure, the oxygen mask will drop down from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your mouth and nose before assisting of those around you. And so we all know that, that spiel, right? And so why do you think, I always thought to myself, why do they ask you to put your, the mask on yourself first before maybe giving it to your children? You know, is it, is it because they don't care about if your children makes it or survives, right? Let them struggle. Get it on yourself first and then, and then wait to put it on them. Well, of course not, right? It's because they know that if you don't have oxygen yourself first, you're not going to be able to help those around you. You're not going to be able to help to put that mask and those masks are pretty complicated to put on. And so they first start the instructions that we need to put on that oxygen mask first if we're going to be able to help our children get the mask on. And so it's the same thing for us as parents. If we're going to pass on our faith to the next generation, we must first love God with all of our hearts. The oxygen, the oxygen of God's word must be first in us before we can share it with our children. We can't, we can't pass on or teach what we don't believe and have in us. And so here's the thing. You know, we're never going to do that perfectly. We're never going to love God perfectly. We all know that this morning. I know. Every one of us, we, we fall short in that. And if you're a parent, your children, uh, they're experts at that. Your children are front row spectators, aren't they, to, to your sin and, and when you fall short in your life. You know, our kids see that and they can point out our faults better than anybody else. But here's the thing. When we will never love God as we should before our kids. But here's a question. Do our kids, do they see us striving? Do they see us striving by God's grace and when we repent and, and fall short, we, we come to the Lord? Do they witness us turning back to God when we fail? Do they see us pursuing the Lord and his word? That's what our children need from us most. Not hiding in our weakness, or, or, but confessing and acknowledging that we need the gospel too. We're going to fall short in loving God with all of our heart. But what our children need is that when we do fall short, we go to the Lord. So growing up, uh, my dad, he struggled with anger. And many times he would take his anger out on me with his words. And so when it happened, um, you know, we had this kind of thing. He would get upset. He would yell. And, and he would get, you know, and, and so as a kid, I would, you know, go and hide and, and just avoid him for the rest of the day. And so the next day, we just kind of got up and pretended like it never happened. Never once in my childhood did my dad ever apologize for, for those anger outbursts at me. Never once did he come and say, hey, I'm sorry. I just learned that, you know, I'm just supposed to just pretend like everything's okay. Well, that's not what a Christian parent is called to. And so this earlier this summer, and this is just one example, um, I got upset and I got angry at one of my sons and, and I said some sharp words to him. You know, and it breaks my heart just thinking about it. And it wasn't right. But here's the thing, instead of avoiding it, like my avoiding that sin, like my dad did to me, 
you know, because of the Holy Spirit's work in my life, I, I went to my son. As soon as I could, the Holy Spirit prompted me, and I went to him, and I said, I said, Daniel, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I blew up at you. You know, I was wrong, and I need to seek your forgiveness. You know, I need Jesus as a father, and I messed up. And I said, Daniel, will you forgive me? And, you know, here's the thing. That's just one instance. I have to do that a lot as a parent. But that's okay. You know, when we fall short with our kids, when we mess up, we, God wants us to come to them and just acknowledge that, hey, would you forgive us? That's what our kids need to see is not perfectness because we won't ever be perfect, but to see us come and to acknowledge that we need the Lord ourselves and this is what it means to follow the Lord. And so if I can speak to dads for a moment. Dads, as a father's, you have an incredible influence over your kids and your family. And depending on your actions and your choices, your influence can be a great force for spiritual impact in your family and your influence can be a great force for spiritual ruin. Social, re- social research, research confirms this, that God's word teaches as well. It says, if a father is sold out for Jesus, his kids and his wife and his family will follow. But if a father is lukewarm or distant to God, his kids will likely not follow his example or likely follow that example and be lukewarm and, and, and not follow the Lord themselves. So parents, if we're going to disciple our kids to love Jesus, our first priority, our first priority that we see in these verses, our first priority starts with us in our relationship with the Lord, is that we're called to love the Lord your God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And so that's my encouragement for us here we see in this opening part of the text. And so let's look at this second half of this text and see now that we are called and Moses challenges his, the community to love God with all of our heart, and now we're called to do, do something with it. We're called to teach. And so let's look at these verses here in 7 through 9. It says, You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as signs on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them as in doorposts of your house and on your gates. So in these verses, Moses um, kind of basically says that there's two times that we need to be uh, talking about Jesus with our children. Daytime and nighttime. So if it's one of those times, we need to be talking about Jesus in our homes. And then Moses also basically says that there's two places that we need to be talking about Jesus in our homes. Inside our homes and outside our homes. If it's one of those two places, we need to be talking about Jesus in our homes. And so what we see in these verses is that God calls us He challenges us as families, as the church, is that we need to be talking about the Lord, about God, about all that he's done for us all of the time. When you sit at home, when you ride in your car, when you go to sleep, when you wake up, all the time, God says, teach diligently your children. And so what we see here very clearly is faith as a family is not just a Sunday morning thing. Faith is an everyday thing. Every day, all the time, we need to be talking about the Lord diligently, talking about him when we walk along the way, when we're in our cars, going to the games, when we're, we're going to sleep at night, when we're talking to our kids in bed. Do we have the Lord on our minds and our hearts? And so this is what Moses instructs us to, is it to be diligent, to be intentional, to teach our children about Jesus. And so here's the thing. I know God, ultimately, what this passage is teaching is, is that the Lord needs to be a normal part of our conversations, a normal part of, of the things that we talk about. So when we think about normal 
parts of our conversations, you know, just like it's, we talk normally about weather or, or sports or homework or whatever else we talk about our families, we're called to, that are, as Christians just to be normative to talk about the Lord. It should be normative to talk about how God is at work and how we need to look to the Lord in prayer and, and be in his word. So my wife and I, you know, we're not perfect of this at all. But, you know, we've made it a priority to, to do our best at, at doing this, doing it our best to have faith conversations and normative part of our home as a family. And for years we've been trying to do that as our kids are little. And it's been really awesome lately to see as our kids now are getting older, it's, it's really cool to see now them starting to enter into those conversations. To see them start to join us in prayer as a family when we, when, we, when we pray for something. This morning I was just touched and blessed by my heart. My wife said, okay, let's pray for dad. And I thought she was just going to pray for me this morning. And so she started praying. And, and then after she ended, my, my daughter then just jumped right in. And then my son jumped right in. And my other son. And, and they all prayed for me this morning. It was the first time. And, it, and they didn't know I was teaching this at all. But, you know, it's become a normative part of our home that we just pray together. And that's what, what this passage is teaching. And that's what we're called to as a family. If we're going to raise our children to know the Lord, we need to have it be a normative part. And so our, our job as parents is, is to bring the kindling of God's word around the hearts of, of our kids. And so you know what I'm talking about. When you, you know, kindling, when you start a fire, kindling is that important those important things that you need, the small little dry pieces of pine combs and, and, and sticks that you bring there. So that fire can start up quickly. When there's a spark that happens to that fire, that fire can get burning really fast. That's the same thing that we do as, as parents and as a church in the hearts of our kids, is that we, we daily, diligently teach them the Word of God and, and bring them to church and help them learn about God and what He's done. And, and we plant these, these truths of God's Word in their hearts so that one day the Holy Spirit, through a spark, can bring a burning flame and fire to their hearts to follow Him. So here's the thing, though. You know, we all fall short in this. And my encouragement for all of us this morning is I don't want to bring shame or guilt, maybe if, wherever you're at in all this, but, but all of us need to improve in, in, in these areas in our lives. It's never too late, though, to start. It's never too late. And I don't, I don't care if you have kids, and maybe, maybe some of you, are, you have grandkids already and your kids are out of the home. We can still start now if we haven't or if we need to do better to talk about the Lord with our families we can start today as, and allow the love of God to spill out in our conversations or when we go to dinner with some of our kids today and just say, you know what, this is what I learned and I was reminded that maybe I didn't do a good job with that, but I want to do better and I want to talk about the Lord and I want to, I want to invite you out to breakfast, sons or daughters or children that are older, and, and let's talk about what God's doing in your life. And so we're called as families, we're called as parents to, to talk about the Lord all the time. This is what God's desire for us. Recently, I picked up um, a book called uh, The Intentional Father. It just came out last month, and it was a book that I was kind of reading in preparation of this message. And it's an amazing book. I highly recommend it. It's called The Intentional Father, A Practical Guide to Raise Sons of Courage and Character. And so in this book, um, the author gives four types of parents. And so I want to look at those types of parents because I think they, they, they connect to what we're learning about this morning in this passage. And so these four types of parents kind of convicted me, and these are Four just general types. And I, I want to get real practical right now this morning and to look at, you know, where are we in our parenting? Where, what kind of parent are we? And what kind of parent do we need to be if we're going to 
impact and nurture the heart and soul of our, our kids. And so the first type of parent that, that the author gave is called the irresponsible parent. And so it's going to get kind of from, from, from bad to better. So it says this, the irresponsible parent, this type of parent, has little to no involvement in their kids' lives, right? They, they don't have much responsibility. They, they have little to no relationship in their kids' lives. And so as you can imagine, the effect of a child of this type of parent is pretty devastating, the effect, of, the effect of a child is, is really hard when a, when a parent is irresponsible and not there. But I'm thankful for parents up here at Peace Church because, you know, there are a lot of parents like this in our world today. But the good news is I know there's many parents here that are standing in the gap for, for kids that, that are growing up in this type of home. There's many foster parents here, I'm sure, this morning. There's many, those of you who are part of safe families, and you're standing in the gap for kids that, that have parents that aren't there for them like they should. And so praise God for that. I love the, the families that do that here at Peace Church. And so that's the first type of parent, the irresponsible parent. And if we're honest, maybe there's moments that we, we can be like that ourselves, of not being involved and not having any involvement in our kids. And so the second type of parent is the inconsistent parent. And so this type of parent is, is often consumed uh, in their own ambition. They're consumed in maybe their own selfish pursuits, their jobs. Um, you know, they're often at times engaged with their kids, but then they get consumed with something else that's going on in their lives, and they disengage. And so this type of parent loves their children. It wants their best for the children, but they often have priorities or selfish pursuits in their life that lead them to be inconsistent in raising their child as God designed. And so that's the inconsistent type of parent. The next type of parent is the involved parent, right? So the involved parent is, is incredibly supportive. They're involved in, in all the areas of their life, of their child. They're involved there for the important moments. They're there for the sports. We're there for, to give them the best education, the involved parent is doing their best to give their children the best vacations, all these things, and memories as a family. The involved parent, the involved parent, deeply loves their child, and they, they want to give them the best upbringing possible. Now, here's the thing: there's there's so much good in the involved parent, right? Of course, right? We, we're called to be involved and, and present in our kids. In our culture today, this this is the model for what a good parent is: is to be involved in in life of your kids. But if we're honest. Deep down, there's something missing. And the busyness of an involved parent, in their efforts to do all the right things for their children, the involved parent falls short in one crucial area. They fall short in getting to the heart of their child. They struggle to ask the right questions. Uh, they struggle to, 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 to get to the heart of their children and to ask and know that there's a bigger mission and purpose than just being involved in their kids' lives. You know, they want to give them the best, but they don't know that the best is that they need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That they're called to nurture and to bring their child up in the Lord. So the, finally, the last parent that we see in the book that it highlighted is called the intentional parent. This parent goes beyond just being involved. Their focus is, is focusing on how God made their child. The intentional parent asks questions. They seek to know the heart of their child. They, they see their role beyond just being involved but investigating how God made their child. They invest in building the character of the child. They, they pursue spiritual conversations. They seek to help a child discover their identity and find their worth as a child of God. And so ultimately, the, the intentional parent also knows this. They understand that their child is not their own. But ultimately, the child is, is God's. 
And, and their goal as a parent is not just to give them the best life here on earth, but to point them to God and to have a saving relationship with them. So intentional parent is, is the fourth type of parenting. And so as I, when I read the book and I, and I looked at these four types of parenting styles, um, I was just convicted. Because there's moments that I've been all these, right? There's moments that I've been, and I hopefully very few, irresponsible. There's lots of moments that I'm inconsistent as a parent. You know, I just, there's often times that I struggle as a dad to put work and, and the things I want in front of just being there for my kids as God calls me to. But you know what really hit me when I was reading about these styles? The realization that being an involved parent is not enough. Growing up, uh, my dad was completely uninvolved in my life. Um, he never attended any of my games. He spent little time with me uh, in my life. And so as you can imagine, uh, when I thought about being a dad one day, uh, I committed that I was never going to be like that. That I was going to be involved in my kid's life, and I was going to be there for everything in their lives. And so when I set out as a dad and as a parent, that was my purpose. That was my mission. That was one of my goals as a parent, just to be there for them, like my dad wasn't there for me. But here's the thing, by being involved is good, it's right, but it's not enough. And when I, read these, when I read these categories, I was convicted that I often can settle for just being involved in my kid's life. When God calls us to be such, so much more, God calls us to be intentional. And I settle, and I think the, the temptation for us as parents is to settle, is that, you know what, if we're being involved in our life, if we're giving the very best life we can, then that, that would be enough. But here's the thing, in God's design, as we saw in this passage, there's so much more. God created us as parents, as, as Christian parents, to be more than just involved in the life of our kids. God created us to point them to something more, to point them to love him more than everything else in this world. And, and it's important that we're involved in the lives of our kids, but it's even more important that we nurture their hearts and get to their hearts and, and dig down of who they are, how God made them. So in our remaining time, I want to ask a question, how do we do this? How do we get intentional in the lives of our kids? In our remaining time, I want to just highlight a few areas of how we can be intentional in, in, in the lives of our kids. And I, and I had a list of like 20 areas that we need to be intentional, right? There's just there's unlimited ways in this. But here's just some that I just I want to highlight just real quickly with you, just practically. One, we're to be intentional in living out our faith. And we saw that in the text, but let me just highlight that again. Let me ask you these questions. Do your kids see you living out your faith as a parent? Does your family see you opening God's word on a regular basis? Do you lead your family in times of prayer? Do you initiate conversations of the Lord with your family around the dinner table or at night when you're putting them down to bed? Do our kids see us loving others or serving others or giving back to others? Now, if I'm honest, I struggle on how I answer some of those questions that I just shared with you. But here's my encouragement for us as parents this morning is that we just start in one of those areas, whether it be prayer or opening the word of God or just having conversations on a daily basis. Let's be more intentional at, at living out our faith because this is, one of the, this is the most important, I think, if we're going to pass on the faith of our children. It's not just a one-time thing, but it's a daily thing, every day, all the time, talking to our kids about how glorious and good and amazing God is. And so, the first step in us as parents and the first thing that we need to be intentional about is our own faith before our kids. And the next thing we need to be intentional about is intentional about what matters most. So here's the question. What's the number one thing? 
If I asked your kids, what was the, what's the number one thing that's the most important in your family? What matters most in your home? Is it sports or grades or, or the television or shows? Do we regularly have faith conversations? Do we ask questions about what's taught at church? What comes first in our life? Watching the big game? Watching a new movie or show? Or making it a priority to, to, to sit together as a family and to pray, to read the word of God, or invest in, in helping someone else? Now, this, I know this is very convicting, but we need to evaluate this morning. That's my encouragement and myself, just to evaluate what's the most important thing in our priority as a family. And we need to keep striving to make the Lord the most important and make our, our outcome as, as parents that our children's faith is most important than anything else, most important sports, education, anything else in this world. God is worthy. So the next thing um, I thought that I wanted to mention of being intentional is being intentional in teaching on gender. And so this might seem odd, right? Um, but more and more I'm thinking our world, the world that our kids are growing up today, is just they're being exposed to some pretty crazy and dangerous teaching. More and more our kids are being taught that, that, that they can be something else than what the God made them to be as a boy or as a girl, as a male or a female. Our culture is teaching this dangerous, destructive teaching that, that you can change your gender. And when you do change your gender, you can, that should be celebrated. I don't know if you heard recently the American Medical Association made the recommendation that the sex de designation on the birth certificates be removed because it fails to rec recognize the spectrum of gender identities today. I don't know about you, but that's crazy, right? I mean, God's word, God's word is clear. The world, it's clear biologically that God makes us male and female. But we're living in a world that's trying to just teach the complete opposite. And it's damaging, and it will be damaging to our kids if we don't teach them what God's word does is that God made us male and female, and it's good. It's not just good, it's very good. And the idea that we can change our gender or that should be celebrated is, is, is an evil lie from the pit of hell. And so we need to bring this topic up in our kids because it's becoming very pervasive in our culture. We need to teach them and be intentional more than ever to teach them how God made them to be a boy or a girl, to be a man or a woman. And so I'm especially thankful for um, a couple programs that we here have here at Peace Church, our Bold Boys and Brave Girls programs. Um, I'm really thankful for these programs because these are just amazing programs that we have. And not only just teach solid truths of the gospel, but teach our kids what it means to be a boy or a girl. Teach them what it means to be brave and to be bold in that. Teach them how God's word calls them to live that out. And God made them good and he has a purpose for their lives. It's an amazing program. And I just think every church needs it. And I'm excited maybe one day that, that other churches can learn and, and we can start that program in other churches because that's what our kids need in this crazy world today is to know that God made them and it's good. God made them men and women and this is what it means to live like that. And so as parents, we need to be intentionally talking to our kids about this because our world and our culture is telling them the exact, exact opposite of the word of God. The next way that we need to be intentional in is, is technology, right? I, I know I said, you know, parenting is hard today, right? I know parents in previous generations, though, had cultural struggles. But let's, you know, if I'm honest, parenting is, technology has made parenting so incredibly hard today. Right? Screens are everywhere all day, 
Every day my kids are just craving to be on technology. It's like what in our family, in our home, we talk about all the time. Dad, when can I do my show time? Dad, when can I have a screen time? Dad, when, I can, when can I have a phone? And all of these things. And if you're a parent today with, with young kids and teenagers, you know that, that that's all their world is. Watching YouTube, playing on Minecraft, being on Roblox or video games or social media or, or texting, you name it. Technology has, has made parenting so difficult today. So according to the Kaiser Foundation, kids 8 through 18 spend an average of 7.5 hours in front of a screen. 7.5 hours in front of a screen. As parents, we need to be intentional in, in raising our kids in technology. We need to have boundaries. We need to have guidelines and guardrails so that we, technology does not consume their life. It doesn't expose them to the things they shouldn't see. So we need to be intentional in our technology. And finally, lastly, we need to be intentional, parents, and my encouragement for you as we close, we need to be intentional in preaching the gospel. This morning, my goal in, in encouraging us this morning was not to bring condemnation or shame. You know, maybe as a parent right now, we're feeling like, man, I'm not doing what I should. But the good news of the gospel is that, is that God comes and there's grace for us this morning that we can start and press in and lean into just doing our very best and knowing that God's grace is for us. That our performance is not based, you know, salvation of our kids is not based on our performance, but on the, solely the gift and the grace of Jesus Christ in the gospel. And so to close, um, I want to encourage us as a church is to remember in this passage of Deuteronomy 6 that God teaches us to do two things, to love him with all of our heart. We've got to start there if we're going to impact the next generation as a church and as parents. That so do we love God with all of our hearts? And with all of our soul, we can't give and we can't pass on what we ourselves don't have and embrace and love. And the second thing is that we're called to as a church, the second mission of us and our work as Peace Church is to pass on and to teach our children to diligently love the Lord with all of their heart. And so here's a couple questions I want to close. What if in God's economy, what if in God's world, success for us as a church, success for us as Christians is not measured in what we do, but in who we raise? What if our greatest contribution to the kingdom as a parent and as a church is not in what we do, but in who we raise? And so my encouragement is that we need to raise our, kid and our children to love the Lord with all of their heart, soul, and mind. And the mission, the legacy that we want to leave is that they would grow up and to be a tree like the tree we see here, an oak of righteousness. There's a verse in Isaiah 61 that gives a picture of, of what our, our desire and our outcome of parenting today is. It says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's our mission this morning. That's my encouragement as parents, is that we would be intentional in all we do, intentionally giving the nutrients, the kindling of God's word to the hearts of our kids every day, every moment of our lives. Today as we go to lunch, this afternoon as, in, as we kid or put our kids to bed tonight and pray, that they would grow up and to be a strong tree that continues to leave a legacy for generations to come. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you for um, this passage that, that just calls us as a church family to love you first and foremost with all of our hearts. Lord, we need to be reminded and we need to impress upon you our own relationship and then in turn, Lord, to pass that on to the next generation, to love and to teach them to diligently love you. 
Lord, thank you for your word this morning. And I pray for encouragement for each of us as parents or grandparents or whatever role we have in the next generation in our lives, that we would be intentional at continuing to walk and to teach them to follow you and to teach them the gospel and to have conversations and to walk in the word. Lord, we love you and we thank you for, this, for your word this morning. It's Christ's name we pray.